everybody, and welcome to Not the Game Awards. We are Dungeons and Diapers. We're not going to be giving away, I guess we could do a Game of the Year episode, really, like we play a lot of video games. But I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me, as always, is Crofton. How's it going, Crofton? Hey, Ryan, goes, it, it goes pretty good. I always love doing the show, you know? I always love sitting down and conversing and exchanging the deets of our lives, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, I think it was, what, 10 minutes of pre-show of you trying to redeem a code off of the Game Awards? They they flashed a bunch of Bethesda codes up there. Ryan, don't show people how the sausage is made. Yeah. People don't want to see that. They just want to think that I'm I'm prepped and ready to go. I've been studying my notes and my homework, you know, to get yeah. going on the show. That's what people that's what people expect out of their professional podcasters that they they choose to to put in their ear holes. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. Like the Game Awards is running right now as we record. Uh obviously if there's any big stuff We'll likely talk about it next episode, uh, and uh, we sh- we should probably plan a like a game of the year or a, a, a Dungeons and Diapers of the Year episode. We will be having an episode on the week of the twenty third. That's our Christmas gift to our fine listeners, um, and uh, we will be back for one more episode after this in twenty twenty one. But that also allows me to do something that I'm really excited about on our next episode. Not to like just basically tell you to skip this one. We've got lots to talk about here. But if I could talk a little bit about the next episode, because I have tickets to go see Spider-Man No Way Home as long as the province holds their shit together for another couple weeks, which likely they're not going to shut anything down until after Christmas again because shopping. Um... But yeah, I've got a Saturday showing for Spider-Man No Way Home. I've got my tickets. I'm going, I'm driving to, to meet a friend and we're going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. So excited. Um, Crofton, are you planning to go see Spider-Man No Way Home uh, when it comes out in theaters? I know you're a big Spider-Man fan. I am planning on it. And this is annoying to me because normally Spider-Man f- films are not ones that I consider um, spoilerable. Right, like it's like, hey, guess what? Spider Man beats the bad guy. I'm like, oh no, you ruined it. You know, um, it's uh, it's generally not that interesting. Like when when they were teasing like Spider Man Far From Home, and it was like it, Mysterio is his buddy, and they're like, oh, all the previews were like them them partnering up, and then uh, and then on, on the day of the screenings, oh. Mysterio's a bad guy. Who would have thought? Uh, maybe maybe uh, somebody who read comic books since the 1960s would have figured that one out. So I'm I'm never I'm never really like anticipating uh, the the plot. I mean I I'm not too concerned about missing not being in theaters day one. I can miss out, right? But this is the one that's going to be so annoying because it's clearly uh, designed for um surprises uh the the plot is very complicated and obtuse uh so i really do want to see it but i don't have tickets yet and uh yeah i i just i don't want to be spoiled by the internet yeah dumb dumb people you know i'm i'm in the same boat like i i mean i do have tickets and essentially just to make sure that when i make i'm I'm driving quite a distance to meet a friend uh that that i haven't actually seen in years (laughs) at this point 
And uh, I'm really looking forward. We have a tradition where we would usually, I would make the trek down. He lives closer to where my parents live. So I would go visit my parents for a bit and then I would travel over to him and, and we would go to the movies. Uh, we, we saw um, uh, the last, the, the, Star, the new Star Wars trilogy. We saw those and I would make the trek every, uh, was, were those movies every other year or every year? Man, it's such a blur, those movies. They kind of came and went. Yeah, I think, I think they were every other like year, weren't they? Every other year, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so um, and then there was there was the Star Wars stories that were on the off years. At yeah. one point, they wanted to have one every year. Anyway, I did. Uh, w- there was an ice storm, and I missed uh, the first Star Wars story, and then we never we never spoke of them again. We just we just stuck to the main new trilogy. But uh, looking forward to that, and so that's why we we pre ordered tickets. I think in Canada, it's not as necessary to pre-order your tickets. I know in the States for some busier towns, like you're going to run into um, like theaters selling out, but I think for the weekend opening, you're likely to find tickets like the first showing the popular showings are going to be, are going to be full, but um, you can get your tickets now. And I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like there are certain Marvel films like that. I think, can be spoiled Endgame, infinity war those were two that were yeah, like total spoiler yeah even civil war civil war sure like those were ones i wanted to see in theaters because i knew that if i waited days or even weeks i would either be spoiled by the internet or i'd be tempted to spoil myself because i i have no patience when i, I just want to know how what what is what is happening and um with spider-man no way home like i know that there are going to be moments in this film that haven't been shared in the trailer, but that have been heavily rumored. And I do want to see those for the first time on the big screen. I don't necessarily want to see some YouTube breakdown of like, here's all the cool things that happened in Spider-Man. Cause I know my Mar- my YouTube profile is just all Marvel stuff, all like entertainment and video games and stuff. And I, the second I open it up the day after no way home, no way home comes out, it's just going to be littered with thumbnails and red arrows and circles around things. So I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to go to YouTube until I see the film. And I'll probably have to mute uh, some keywords on Twitter, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just imagined like you, you essentially close yourself off to the entire world. You're, you're, you're like, until I see that film, I, I cannot consume anything. I cannot read the news cannot do anything and then like you've, you've you're walking around with earmuffs and all this sort of thing in your house to block it Fi- finally you sit down and ashley turns to you uh passes you your supper and it's like it's crazy about toby and mcguire being back in the spider-man movie isn't no. it and, and you're like no ashley why would you do that to me i, I don't i she's like i just you know i love him so much I'm like oh I miss Toby Maguire. I, I honestly, I really hope he's in there because I, I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, last we heard his voice was Boss Baby. I'm a little worried about him. Have you read, you haven't read all these poker stories, obviously, about him? I have not, but I did hear, I guess there's a movie where Michael Sarah plays an amalgamation of a bunch of Hollywood actors and Maguire's no, in mostly there. Mostly Toby Maguire. Yeah, he's a... Uh... Yeah, he doesn't sound like a particularly savory character. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I haven't overly missed uh, Toby Maguire, but we, you know what? We're about to see him soon, so uh, we <laughs> spoilers, will, uh, but probably, yeah, probably. Definitely. Like, I mean, at this point, just 
you know, yeah, they're going to be there. What I like about this is if they are there too, it is the idea that they have legitimately lied straight out to people for like months. You know, uh, Andrew Garfield would talk in circles and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I would be open to I, I, you know, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. Be like, yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. Uh, but when when he's in the movie, which has taken months of like filming, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, fans love surprises." I'm like, "You lying douchebag!" You know, just you were in the you were in the film. I like the old actors who don't give a shit. Like you know, the the they knew they had to put Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe in the thing because they knew that they would last like maybe a month. <laughs> Molina didn't last a month. He he oh, spoiled oh, he? it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm coming back, and yeah. they de-age me. I think I come back like right before I die, and yeah, yeah it's like, crazy. I don't even know. I do not give a shit. To be clear, you know, like whereas uh, whereas the younger actors are all like, oh yeah, gotta gotta respect the producer's wishes and such. So, uh, but anyway, I I hope to see Spider Man No Way From Home, uh, No Way Home. Uh, looking forward to your deep uh, debrief and impressions on it. Um, my concerns is that it's going to be a giant, unwieldy mess of a movie that could have just been simpler. But that said, I'm hoping to be proven wrong and to have just an amazing time. Hey, speaking of Spider-Man, did you see the uh, trailer for the new Spider-Verse? I did. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the Spider-Man corner, so we should probably talk about this. Yeah. It kind of snuck up on me. I didn't realize that we were due up for a trailer, but like, it's coming out next October and i mean the trailer didn't give away a lot but it definitely showcased um what appears to be an older miles morales and 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 uh i almost said gwen stefani but uh gwen stacy <laughs> um, yeah no i i just like like don't get me wrong it's probably it's it's probably gonna be good like it's probably gonna be be a good good film but and it's part one of a two two part but i did get you know what it made me think of there for a second and maybe it's because of all the matrix talk in the air right now but it did make me think about like the matrix and when the first matrix came out when you were i'm not sure if you were born but um at that time at, at that time when the matrix came out uh, Star Wars Episode One. It was the season of of the Phantom and this first Star Wars movie in many many a year. People were really excited. Nobody nobody really paid attention to the the, the Matrix. Matrix released like a month before and snuck up on everyone, and people were like, "Holy crap!" And then it watched it time and time again. Now Star Wars Episode One still made gangbuster money, but. As time went on, people were like, yeah, that was just a, a, a junky Star Wars with a whiny kid and CG, you know, Jamaican creations or whatever. And meanwhile, you've got you've got um, uh, this innovative, new, hard edge sci-fi that everybody was super enamored with. And everybody, like end of year list, everything is like top movies of the year, The Matrix, oh, The Matrix. Everybody was talking about the Matrix, Justin LinkedIn, the Matrix, all of this. And then next thing you know, a couple of years later, they announced the sequels to the Matrix. Oh, it's going to be part one and part two. And we're filming them at the same time. And it's going to be this giant thing. And then like a lot of people today just pretend those sequels don't even exist because they're so bad compared to the original film. Um and lucky Bo's not here because he would beat me up for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> and I think I've been proven proven right about that by mo most folks share that opinion that they're not nearly as good as the first film. And so, like, I'm I really would like them to be as good 
as the first into the Spider-Verse. But I, I just like – like that movie was so good, but it, it was such a moment in time. And, and, and the story of like – Jake Johnson's Peter Parker, sad sack Peter Parker, and the resolution that he went through and the resolution that Miles went through in becoming Spider-Man. Like, those are beats that can only kind of happen once. And uh, I don't know. I, I I hope to be proven wrong. I hope to be proven wrong. Yeah, I think with the sequel to Spider-Verse is we, I wanted more from that animation style, from that universe, from those characters but how you do that in a in a meaningful way to top the original uh, a not my problem but also b i have zero idea of how you do that and i think you know seeing this trailer i was surprised to see this is part 1 they're do, like you said they're splitting whatever story they're telling they need they're saying they need two parts to tell it and i but i i you know that first one i mean the first matrix was revolutionary uh, i agree but like the story wasn't like crazy. Uh, it, it was it was it, it, the, the Matrix. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a bad film. It's not. But like it, it it that movie was a tough thing to follow. And I think the issue they had is they spread one movie. They literally did spread one movie into two, and that was the core issue with the sequels. But I think with Into the Spider Verse, like if they have a story which we have known nothing about. If they have a story that they need two parts to tell, I, I trust them for now. Like, I don't think we can look at the Matrix and say, like, well, every follow-up no. where you split it in two is bad. Like, no, I just it it, it has it like it's a it has the same exact pattern of uh, people's expectations were low for this film. It did gangbusters. Everybody loved it. People talk about it enamoredly. And then they're doing the sequel, same creative sort of trick team doing it two parts, like giving you even more than maybe you should need or want. And like, it could turn out, I trust this creative team much more than say I would, I trust the Wachowskis, although I have, I have hindsight to back that last one up, but, but Lord and Miller, like um, the Mitchells versus the machines is possibly my favorite movie last year. So, I mean, I, they're, they, they are a proven commodity. So yeah, we, we will see. Anyway, I I'm excited. A lot of, a lot of Spider-Man stuff, but what's bothering me, Ryan, like, and not to, to get on my Spider-Man soapbox is it like all this Spider-Verse, like you've got Spider-Verse in the MCU and Spider-Verse in anime, you just don't there's there's just like I just want a pure Spider-Man film at one point where it's like Spider-Man going to high school, having the shenanigans or out working for the bugle, being tracked down by Scorpion. He's got to fight him. You know, there's a plot like I, I kind of feel like like it's gotten super complicated and it would be nice to have just a, a vanilla Spider-Man film. Uh I, I just feel for kids, it's probably a hard entry into the world now. It's like, oh, there's 18 different Spider-Man and they're from different dimensions. And it's like, all right, all right. Well, I, I think get you're, it. I think you get that from uh, the Spider-Man Year One uh, animated series that they announced for Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So that that is supposed to be essentially Spider-Man before he entered the MCU proper Fresh, show. Freshman year, I think it's called. Yeah, freshman year. Yeah, so you'll have Uncle Ben. You'll have uh, you might not get the origin story, but you'll likely get like his early because there's that six months before you know um, Tony Stark walked into his life 
where he was Spider-Man for six months. I think there's that that time period they're going to be looking at. But uh, yeah, no, that'll be good. I think like to wrap up the Spider-Man corner, I'll say this. Uh, I played the Spider-Man hero that got added to Avengers. It was not worth the wait. It's not that great. It feels very... Um, how do I say this without sounding incredibly rude and not knowing what I'm talking about? But I think like when you play as the other heroes in Avengers, everything kind of feels a little clunky. Like it kind of, it kind of like just sort of works. Uh, like it just doesn't feel as smooth as like an action adventure game should. And then when they added Spider-Man, it's, it's just, you notice it tenfold because you are rightfully so constantly comparing it to Insomniac's game and it just right. feels so awkward, which is super unfortunate. And um, and then they added Spider-Man to Fortnite, which is available on every platform outside of iOS. And the swinging mechanics are better there than they are in Avengers. It's insane. That's what I heard. I yeah. heard that too. I, I haven't I haven't tried it. And it's the first thing that's made me be like, oh, maybe I'll try Fortnite to play Spider-Man. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand how all these things work when they announce all these characters in Fortnite. Like, are they bosses? I thought it was like a battle royale. I don't even understand that game, but uh, I know it, it. It just exploded again, so I could probably get back and get it, get into it. I, mean, I have to this day never played Fortnite, so yeah, I've I've not played the battle royale outside of maybe a couple matches. But I believe you have to purchase and un- purchase the battle pass and earn Spider Man. I think that's how it works. Oh. So you'd have to play and get good. And then you, I think you can also buy like bundles. So um, they just added the Gears of War characters. I know this is not Spider-Man, but they added the Gears of War characters. I think you can buy like the Gears bundle, which unlocks the cosmetic that is the Gears dude or uh, late, Marcus I can't, Phoenix. Marcus. Say his name, Ryan. <laughs> Say his name. It's not that I didn't want to. It's just that I forgot. And I'm trying to remember the lady that was added in Gears 4. I can't remember her name. Kate Diaz? Yes, Kate. See, look at you. Did you even play Gears or are you just looking at an article or something? Uh, no, no. I was really big into the original Gears on 360, uh, but I have yet to play Gears 5. I probably should play that. Ah, okay. So speaking of of playing right now people have hit play on their podcast app and 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 we've just been talking about spider-man which is honestly we should we should just call this the spider cast and make it official put a ring on it but uh but i guess i guess we should probably go through the business of what what have we actually been doing yeah let's let's head into uh the the dungeons let's talk about what we've been playing what we've been watching we've got a game we've got a tv show let's start with the game i don't know how much time outside of downloading we've had uh to play the game but halo infinite the campaign launched uh just yesterday as of this recording as crofton gives us the the halo theme the da 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 which i gotta say i'm about an hour into the campaign um not i think it was used sparingly it's it's not uh over the top that that can be campaign beat but uh yeah how far have you gotten in halo infinite i'm 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 guessing you've uh, played a little bit well there's two answers to that question right Sweet. there's how far did i get in the halo infinite campaign that launched yesterday and how much have i been playing halo multiplayer that's been live for about two weeks oh and those have separate answers. So for Kalo Infinite, I, I think I put in like maybe an hour and a half. I am, um, I think I'm just at the very, I've just defeated a boss and I'm at, I'm 
about to go up an elevator in which I think is going to open the like maybe I'm going to open up the world or something. Like I'm at I'm at a, I'm at the part where I think that the that, that I'm going to go into the open area. So I haven't done that yet. I've been on rails up into this point, like like a traditional Halo game, um, and it's been fun. But it is funny because like I have not played a Halo game since Halo Three on 360. I didn't play any. Uh, I didn't play Reach Four, Five, any of the Master Chief Collection. And it is funny because uh, I was worried a that it's going to be all messed up in the story. <laughs> I'm not messed up, um, and <laughs> at least not yet. And uh, and the other thing I was worried about was that it was going to be, um, you know hard to get back into or it's going to feel dated or it was but it feels like they somehow done this magic where it feels exactly like halo on 360 so i'm sure if i played halo on 360 i'd be like oh this kind of blows and halo infinite is way better but they've somehow managed to replicate what my memory thinks of as halo in in this in this game and i have to say that's pretty awesome so i've been really enjoying just the, the small chunk that I played of the campaign, it feels like old times. And on the multiplayer side, uh, I never really played a Halo multiplayer before, which is another kind of funny thing. I, I did some co-op campaigning with my friends, but I never really played because I always thought I would get smoked and not everybody had Xbox Live. I'm not sure I, I paid for Xbox Live back then. So, uh, you know, I jumped in. I jumped into that and, uh, yeah, got smoked pretty, pretty definitively. Uh, did you try? Did you? How, how, what's your uh, What's your take on both the campaign and have you played the multiplayer? I played a little bit of multiplayer. I played with friend of the show uh, Alex Albisu. He was doing some extra life stuff, and he invited me on to uh, do some multiplayer. And uh, we got a crew together. I think there was like eight of us, and we, you know, um, we got into the big team battles. And I agree with you. Like when you look at Halo Infinite, they set out to recapture the original trilogy, the 360 games, and how they feel and how they play and how, the you know, you move around, while also modernizing that gameplay. And you really feel that in the multiplayer and in the campaign. Um, the multiplayer is a lot of fun. I know they've struggled a lot. You know, this is, the, the multiplayer is now released out of beta. But they've struggled a lot with the progression of the of the battle pass that's available. And they've done a little bit of work to increase the amount of XP. Because you don't earn XP by playing matches. Or you, you didn't. You used to just get nothing. Um, you earn XP by doing challenges. But now they've changed it where you were getting like 50 XP every game, every, game, every match you finished. And now it's... It's like a, a, a slowly ramping um, ramping down, uh, as, or ramping up, I can't remember which way it goes. But either way, you're getting XP, a, a larger amount of XP for every match you play. And that is, has gone a long way to, to address the Battle Pass concerns. Um, but So I played, we played for an hour and a half. I hadn't even leveled up from zero to one. And this was before... What is the battle pass? I, I pay zero attention. I played probably 10 hours of Halo multiplayer. I have not paid any attention to like, you let, like, what does it do for you? Well, it's all cosmetics. So you're unlocking cosmetics okay. for your character. It's not any performance stuff. It's, um, it's all cosmetic. And there is a free track. You don't have to buy it. I haven't purchased it. Uh, but there is a free track where you're unlocking cosmetics to, to change the look of your, your Spartan. And oh, okay. yeah. 
I don't so, care about that. I'm yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm going to be that gray dude the whole time. Um, and uh, I, yeah, no, I, I, I like. I do not. I see all this chat about battle passes. I'm like, I do not care about this. Everybody, there's like 18 articles about battle passes. I'm like, why is everybody? I'm like, who who cares? What what does it do? And all I know is that I've been playing the game and it. I sucked at first, and now I've gotten better. And I feel like a god when I'm good. Um, I'm just like, wow. I had one game where I, I got like, it was, I got a, a, a 22 kills and, and uh, eight deaths. Uh, and I felt like a, a god among men. And I tell you when I do best, Ryan, is when people are paying attention to other things. Like if it's capture the flag and they've got to go for the flags – and they're not looking they're they're going for the flags well then i can just shoot them while they're holding a flag instead of a gun that's way easier or there's one where they have a ball and they're running around with a ball that's great too because they're all clustered together and then then maybe you shoot them just don't pick up the ball that's a big mistake because then they'll shoot you let one of your teammates pick it up that's that's a pro tip there and then then shoot other people but uh generally i suck don't let that one good game make you think that i'm i'm any good I, i'm but i've been playing the super big levels too sometimes mm -hmm. and um and they're pretty some of them seem broken uh like one there's this one where you, you have to get these energy things and put them in your base and they respawn after a certain point but like you can just make a giant pile of them and then score them all at once it's hard to explain but bottom line is it seems broken they'll probably fix it but um but it's just it is fun it's just fun to walk around and I, I one of the things i'd say about those games is it feels like you got to know the map and you got to know the weapons and i didn't know either of those things and as i start to know them all of a sudden i've just got i'm like why am i so much better like it's not that again i'm not good i'm just not horrible anymore and it's because there's not that many maps i'm starting to know them and i'm starting to know oh this weapon is good or good for me you know uh and so if you give it some time and are willing to stick past the pain the multiplayer has been pretty fun it's been so fun that i've been like you know, the campaign started and I'm like, maybe I just want to play multiplayer. Like I keep wanting to leave to go play the multiplayer. So that's, that's a good sign. Are you playing with uh, friends or are you just queuing in on your own? I'm just queuing in on my own. And what's great too, is nobody seems to be talking. So I don't have to hear all <laughs> sorts of like insults or like stuff like that. It's just like a bunch of randos running around and then, you know, trying to play objectives. I know to some people who are like really big team players who are, who that probably sounds like a nightmare. Like we should be working in cohort and trying to score the flag or whatever. But I just like goofing and trying to get kills and, and trying to play the objectives a bit. But for me, it's it's fine, you know. Mm. And maybe it's because I'm at noob level because they match make probably with better people. But I feel like it, I feel like it's it's been pretty pretty fun so far. Watch me like level up this battle pass thing just by accident and then started get getting schooled by like elite snipers or something i would hate that yeah i oh i just thought of another rant but you go <laughs> well how are you how, how are you like in how are you like in halo uh well i've i we talked multiplayer is your rant related to multiplayer because i was going to talk a bit about the campaign i'm a little farther than you are no the rants about the campaign you, you go first <laughs> okay so for the campaign uh like i said the game's only been out for a day i've had a chance to maybe play an hour i have made it into the open world um the game so here's the thing i'm you did so, that in an hour maybe it was an hour maybe it was a couple more i i 
I, I don't know. I wasn't timing myself, but uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, definitely more than an hour because I think there's there's some meandering um, mm-hmm. as you're working your way through the the Halo ring. Um, so I am a huge Halo fan. Uh, it's it's dwindled oh. in in the past years as like I think I just got older and just was content to be patient. But um, you know, I played Halo one through three. I, I loved them to death. I waited. I, I played them day one. I read the books. Um, you know, damn, yeah, I was all in. And um, I remember my three hundred and sixty red ringed went right before Halo three came out, and I made a point of like <gasps> borrowing my friend's three hundred and sixty so I could play Halo three when it launched. And uh, that was uh, that's a memory there. And I think I had two red rings with that stupid 360. It was a pain in the ass. The other one was Fable, I think. Fable 2 was coming out, and and, uh, and it red ringed again. But I digress. Um, the 360 had – the 360 actually, when you think about it, it had like four – if you count DST, which I also didn't play, um, it had like four Halos, right? Because it had Halo 3 – four was on 360 yeah uh so was halo reach and then that odst was on 360 that was really the the golden age of halo games there that console yeah so you had you had halo one on xbox and then you had uh two on xbox as well but then you had three odst and four on 360 and i played all of them. I love them all. I played every Halo game that came out. I played Reach. Reach was also 360. Um, so you had four, yeah, as you said. And then I played five. And five, I think, was the first time where the game, the franchise kind of was like, yeah, I'm glad I played it, but like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. And then they, they took a break. And the story of five, uh, well, four, four and five, like, they struggled to find their footing in terms of what what the new trilogy was going to be sounds right. familiar right seems to be a problem coming yeah, back yeah. to the well and, and making a new trilogy i don't know i'm just just throwing it out there as an example yeah um but uh essentially four like at the end of three the legendary uh, ending shows the master chief sort of he's in stasis and he says to cortana wake me when you need me that's the classic line it's the perfect way to end the game of uh you know your favorite trilogy of first person shooter, you know, master chief, you don't want to kill off the character. You want to, you want to have, you want to leave hope to the players that he might come back. And of course he comes back. I I just want to point out, Ryan, Mm. that that was the last thing I ever saw or played of Halo, right? Was the wake me when you need me line basically. Yeah. 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 That was it. And guess where Halo infinite starts. Uh, It starts with a master chief, floating frozen in space yeah. and then woke it up when he was needed. So I was like, ah, it's like I didn't miss anything. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. I think that what Microsoft has done here in 343 Studios has done is they've tried to craft an experience that works for me and for you. Someone who really enjoyed all the Halos and has kept up with the story, but also tried to craft something that anyone can jump into you only played halo one through three perfect you're going to be fine you're going to come in here and you're actually going to be probably more attuned because the gameplay is going to be more in line with your experiences as opposed to what i experienced in five and four um but essentially the story is in four he gets he gets woken up and um it's this distress beacon he's he's on a forerunner planet there's some weird stuff going on with some other it's not the covenant anymore it's like some other uh, i think it, i think it is like some sort of 
I can't remember they, they they have these new enemies that come in and they they hate humans as well and they want to destroy all humans. Who doesn't um, really? Exactly. And uh, but they kind of drop that in five. They drop it in favor of like Master Chief is kind of this. He's trying to save Cortana and that gets him in trouble because Cortana is going rampant and um, essentially that means she's breaking down and and she needs to be decommissioned right. But he. Master Chief doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, there's there's something like that. Like she's gone in this one, and he's got to find her. It's not rocket science though. Like, and it, that's why it works for me. It's like, yeah, okay, he's he's trying to find this other uh, AI, artificial intelligence. And for those of you who don't know what Halo is, Ryan's forerunner, blah blah blah, AI gobbledygook probably makes no sense. But trust me, the plot of these games is really not that complicated. You can just jump right in. You can, of course, but. Like what I'm saying, and this is this is the Ryan who's played a bunch of Halos and and actually and read the books and read the books. Not all of them. I think I wrote stopped. a thesis. I did. well, they're like they're like Ryan. This is not you can't submit this for school. Ryan, Ryan's like, look, I know nothing better. I'm a forerunner <laughs> scholar. <laughs> Forerunners are actually uh, descendants of humans. I don't, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, that's, I did not. That's I feel that's enlightened. Also in the story. No, but what what the point I'm trying to make uh, that has been sort of you know, uh, extended here. Lost. Lost. Thank you. That's the word is at the end of five, uh, Cortana is rampant and basically Halo or master chief Halo, the Halo guy. He, I think he's trying to shut down Cortana. Like he realizes his mistake. Okay. We got to shut her down. And basically she, um, I, I was joking with you. There's an AI uprising. She basically brings all the AI into her, convinces them all to basically go rogue. And, go against humans as well and uh that is the ending is just a bunch of ships going dark and that's the that's the cliffhanger is that cortana is now evil and all the ais are now um on her side and they're going to fight humanity and that's where five ends six picks up well an infinite picks up in a way where you are thrust into this cinematic battle between master chief and a brute that brute is connected to, of all things, Halo Wars 2. They're the Banished. So they bring back the Covenant, the Covenant of the Big Bad again, but it's not the Covenant, it's the Banished. Um, technically, the Covenant is... They're, the remnants of the Covenant and the aliens that were present in the Covenant are... They are you know, somewhat coexisting with humanity now. Like, the Arbiter and all that fun stuff... They've, you know, kind of brokered peace with humanity. That's, those aren't the folks that are causing the issue. The Banished in Halo Wars 2, I never played it, but I guess they are this, like, one, they're basically Covenant adjacent, you know, but they're a lot more evil, I suppose. And Infinite kind of starts off in this cinematic way where, like, Master Chief is just getting his, his butt handed to him, and he's thrown into space by this brute, who is later revealed to be, I guess, the big bad. But um, Cortana is nowhere to be found. Like Cortana has been trapped, I guess, been lured to this halo ring. That's why they're there so that they can delete her. And essentially the idea is that she has been deleted, at least at the beginning of the game. And you are, you are trying to find the quote unquote weapon, which is a, another Cortana AI, a version of her that her sole purpose is to delete the rampant Cortana. And that's, that's essentially the setup to the story of infinite, but like you're on, you're on a halo. And the idea of this halo is like, there's the banished there. And of course the banished want to use it to destroy humanity. So of course, as the master chief, we got to deal with the banished and that's the setup. 
And that's where I'm at right now, where it's essentially like you unlock an outpost. There are literally outposts that, that dot the map that you have to unlock. And those, you know, offer fast travel and those offer, you know, um, objectives that show up on the map. And it's it essentially becomes not an open world, you know, but but a large, you know, a larger world to explore of Halo. Like it reminds me of that one level in Halo 1 where suddenly it's like, oh, you're this is the Warthog level and you kind of have to like go around the ravines and go into these different areas. It's like that, but hugely expanded upon. And I am just so excited to uh, traverse that world and, and explore it as the Master Chief. Like, ah, I, I feel like I can love Halo again. You know, like Halo 5 was kind of like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's get our Halo in. But this feels different. This feels like a return to form of the franchise and i think that the, a lot of the reviews are basically backing that up so that's my halo infinite that's where i'm at right now i could change once i get a little farther maybe the open world doesn't do it for me but i'm having a blast so far you can exchange uh your extra halo credits for uh <laughs> game tokens at our store on the exit to your left um no but uh i R- ryan clearly has a pd PhD in Haloology. I will say again, just reinforcing that for those of you who don't know anything about Halo, you can pick this one up uh, pretty safely. It's about a super soldier who wakes up in space and goes onto a floating ring called the Halo and shoots big guys that yeah. look like uh, gorillas. And uh, honestly, um, it is kind of um, fills the gap in where there where. Of, of as a dad, I, I recognize this more and more now. Like um, Fortnite is in this this realm as well. This gap of like you've got these ultra violent first person shooters, and then you've got these like kid shooters like Splatoon or whatever, and then and then Fortnite, I guess. And now like Halo really does feel like that that you know twelve year old. 13 year old shooter the idea of like the enemies don't like they have blood but it's often alien like blue blood or whatever sure. there's not much it, it, it everything is so clean and um and it's it's kind of like it doesn't feel like a call of duty or anything like that in that regard so i do appreciate the space that it occupies um the the thing i was going to say about halo earlier was just and this is nothing has zero to do with halo it has to do with first person shooters and particularly first person shooters played on the console so i haven't played like i have the xbox series x i haven't played a a console first person shooter for a while being on my pc uh and so now i'm now i'm playing it on uh, uh on console and it is kind of funny because like I've just come from Resident Evil 4 VR where you're like immersed in this world. It's like strapped to your face and you've got to load your own guns and you're aiming your guns at the enemies and you're moving and you're shooting and all this. And now I'm back to a world where I'm holding a controller in my hand and essentially I'm moving a floating camera. Like that's what first person shooters kind of are. Like you're moving You're yes, you're a character, but really all you see is like what, is the camera like what what it what it shows and and then the other one stick is to move your guy in one space and the other is to look around right Mm -hmm. um and it works really well don't get me wrong it works really well but one of the things i never thought about mouse and keyboard 
it, everybody's like, oh, the precision of the mouse. But there's something else about the mouse is that you're actually moving your arm in a way that it, it's sort of replicating it on the screen. Um, it, it makes, I'm not saying it's the same as VR, but it, it is a step towards that, that your engagement, you're almost like pointing, but with your hand. Whereas with the joystick, like I'm barely making any physical movement. I'm just lightly moving my thumbs and I'm moving the camera. And it is funny going from Resident Evil 4 where I, I had played the day before and I'm like shooting these guys, I'm reaching over this box and shooting these zombies and then pulling a pin on a grenade and actually throwing it to to like just moving a floating camera around again, which is, you know, what first person shooters generally are. And I will say, I'm going to get over that gap, that like sort of uncanny valley, but it, it really does make Halo already. You're a super soldier. You're this guy with this big energy shield and, and you do in Master Chief does have kind of a floaty movement to him. But I, I, I am in this weird sort of spot where I'm like, oh yeah, this is just like how gaming used to be as opposed to seeing it as the future. I've come from the future and it is just like, a return to the past. And there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, there's nothing wrong. I'm going to have a great time. I'm loving the multiplayer, but it is, it does feel like I've seen this before, you know, like it, it, it's recapturing old glory. And I, and, and that's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, you know, when they do game of the year listings this year, and this is up there, I like, we will see, like I'll play through all the campaign, maybe see the sites, maybe I will change my mind. But the only difference between this and a Far Cry for me is that Far Cry comes out way too often and Halo takes these big space gaps so you can appreciate it a little bit more, right? But it, it's not, it, it, it is just like a bigger version of stuff that we've kind of seen before. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean, I mean it in a, in a sort almost a comfort food type of way. Yeah. No, I, I think that's... Uh... That's fine. Like that's one of those things where you've you've gone to uh to a different way of experiencing first person shooters and now you've gone back to the what will likely continue to be the most popular way that a first person shooter is presented. I mean, VR is never going to yeah. break out in a way where No. You're right. You're right. It's never going It is funny though, like doing that like cuz now with the Half-Life Alex and now Resident Evil 4 like that being in that experience, it it really it really draws you up because these these on rails or not on rails, but like floating camera console experiences very much they try the best they can to like they'll have you bob a little bit. They'll have like Master Chief when you're near the edge of a platform, like he'll pull himself up. They're really trying to make you believe that you're like physically in the space more than you were in the older games. Like in the, not the older Halo games, those two, but like games like the original Doom or Wolfenstein 3D. It's just interesting. For me, I wanted to point it out because it's such a dichotomy, like having gone through these. And like, you know, I'll play Halo a lot longer than I probably will play Resident Evil for VR and then another first person shooter will come along. I'll compare it to Halo. But right now, coming off a first person experience in Resident Evil and then into this, I just noticed the the difference so much so much more in in, in how you, how you aim and and how it feels and stuff like that. Um just like I'm going to rush this next one just in the interest of saving a bit of time here. Uh, we could talk about it more because for sure we're going to watch all of it. But I'm watching this show with my wife called The Wheel of Time. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh, I think it's going to be eight episodes. And I think that we've watched four or five. 
of the, I think we haven't watched the most recent one. I think we watched four and there's, and she's really into it, which I'm super happy for because um, I loved those books when I was in high school and Sejep and I would read them when there'd be a new one, I would like reread the whole series. Um, and I never actually finished the series because it took so long and the author eventually died and another author finished the series. Um, and, uh, I never saw the series to its completion because I had just reread the same, every time there was a new book, I reread, I reread the whole series and I was just sort of tired of it and, you know, moving on to other things. I, I think by the time book 11 was out or something, cause there's like 13 books. I was just like, okay, I'm good now. Um, from book six onwards, I'd been buying them as they came out, but they're like 900 pages each and they came out every like two years. So at one point I was just, okay, I, I I'm good here. But all this to say, I've read a lot of the wheel of time, especially the early books. And I associate it with kind of my teenage years. Like, and so, you know, that's kind of embarrassing when you think about it. Everything, when I think about the book, sometimes I'm like, oh God, are, do those hold up? Or are they just like a whimsy of my teenage, you know, youth? Uh, and, uh, and yeah, the show, like they did a really good job with the show. Jesse hates watching it with me because I pause it every two seconds to explain eight different things, uh, which is probably super frustrating, but, uh, but I'm really enjoying what they did and seeing the choices that they made and the casting. And like, I, I truly do feel that, that it has a potential long-term of being a better show than a, a, a book series. But I thought as a book series, it was borderline unfilmable. And because like, there's only eight episodes in the first season. And at the rate they're going, I don't even know if they're going to get through the first book. I have no idea how they're going to film this series. There's like 13 books. Like if they don't even do one season, one, one book a season, then it's going to take them like, like 20 years plus to film the show. Anyway, I will come back with more on, on that, but uh, I just have been enjoying it. And I would I would recommend to those who are open to like a, a, a high fantasy Lord of the Rings style experience. Like it's not Game of Thrones, even though there is some like darkness there. It, it comes out strong with the magic and all of that at the beginning. So if you're not on board for that, it might not be the show for you. But I think it does it really well. And, and it's got a huge budget. It looks awesome. Casting's great. So far enjoying it. Yeah, my only question when it comes to Wheel of Time, because obviously I've seen it popping up, advertised everywhere. I have not read the books. I have not even touched them. Um, is this a show that I could jump into and kind of appreciate, at least appreciate what's going on? Maybe not completely understand it, but yeah. The answer to that is yes, because Jessie is enjoying it even more than I am, and she has never read the books. Okay. And uh, it was the same deal with The Witcher when The Witcher came out. She was really into The Witcher. But she's excited for the second season of that show. Um, and, you know, she'd seen me play The Witcher video game and was like, I don't really care about this. But then was really in invested in the show. And I think the show stands uh, well by itself. There is, um, I don't want to say a ridiculous amount of lore dumps, but there are a lot of characters explaining factions and codes and things to other characters. But I find that it's all done in kind of like an organic way that feels fine. So, I mean, I'm curious to see where it's going to go because in the early season, uh, early books, all the characters are together and then they all go their separate ways. So to me, it's going to, going to become very challenging to follow all that, but it, where it is now, it's a, 
I find a very digestible watch. You just have to be willing to go along on the ride of like, there's a, you know, sword, sword and sorcery is not for everyone. They take it very seriously. They do their job well, but like some, some people will be like, like my mom would be like, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, so, uh, so there is, there is that. And there's a lot of tropes from other fantasy that I didn't appreciate when I was a kid, but I appreciate now, like a lot of stuff borrowed from Tolkien, um, and that that you uh, that you appreciate uh, more uh, as an adult than you do. Uh, some of the factions are inspired by real world things, and I'm like, now I know what the references were. Where when I was a teenager, I I might not have and stuff. So anyway, I think I think you could watch it. You and Ashley, if Ashley's open to that stuff, I think that she would really like it. Uh, there is, I would I, I would say in there they've they've gone with some pretty big violence though. Like it's normally like fantasy creatures and stuff, but there's like there's some gross stuff. Like it's made for adults, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's so weird. I know, but some people have weak stomachs for that stuff. I think, like, uh, so right, so speaking of weak stomachs, I don't have this in in the notes, but I'll just quickly touch on it in relation to that. Like, Ashley and I are always on the lookout for shows that we want to watch together, and um, right now we're watching the new season of Dexter week to week and enjoying its return. So I think, like... um, and and Hawkeye uh, actually our Disney Plus we we lost access to Disney Plus so I'm I'm behind on Hawkeye I need to catch up on Hawkeye, uh, but like I like I was saying about Spider Man like Twitter kind of you know, breaks down all the all the big stuff <laughs> before I have a time a chance to watch it, um, but yeah Wheel of Time sounds like I'm interested in adding like another show to the mix because we usually run out of our shows a couple days into the week we'll watch The Rookie and right now Dexter those are our two shows we're watching so. Um, I might have to check it out. And and besides, we haven't watched a lot of the Amazon Prime stuff. And uh, obviously, we, we, we have Amazon Prime for the shipping. But it would be nice to watch some of the video stuff as well. Um, I haven't watched, like, any of the series that Amazon Prime has. So, Oh, they have a... And I know I mentioned this on the show before, but Hannah was one show that we were watching, and the third season's just been released. We're gonna we're gonna flip to that afterwards. But uh, I would say Wheel of Time. The episodes are a full hour. Watch the first one, and then you'll know at the end of that episode if you're in or if you're out. There's a halfway marker where, like you know, they're introducing all the world and the concepts in the first half, then shit hits the fan in the second half. And like, if you're still on board after all of that, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Um, then you're good to go. But I could totally respect someone being like, nope, not for me as well. So we we will see. But it is, as I say, these are the books I've most read in my life. And seeing them on screen is surreal. And I, I am very much enjoying it so far. So if, if you're open-minded, Wheel of Time so far, pretty, pretty good. But as much as I have been enjoying the wheel of time. It hasn't been like, it's been getting good critical reviews, but there's some shows out there that have been getting insane critical reviews. And I am curious about some of them, including one. I think you are watching Ryan. Yes. Uh, I finished arcane. Uh, this was a show I watched on my own. Um, I actually, it's not really into watching animated stuff so I, I i was happy to watch it on my own plus it's based on a video game which immediately would have been like yeah i'm not watching that um but here's the thing about arcane which is based technically on league of legends riot games league of legends you can go into arcane not knowing it's a it's an adaptation of video of a video game like it does not matter 
this actually, I think in my mind, like propels League of Legends further and, and kind of like it makes you think like, wow, all this story was was associated with a MOBA. That's kind of crazy because like not only is it well, it's it's got its own unique style. It's well animated. All the voice acting is superb. The story that they're telling is just, I've not experienced a story like this uh, from a from any television show in quite a while. Like they really present a really interesting story set within this, you know, fantasy steampunk style world and really enjoyed it. Honestly, I have to say like, it's probably one of, if not the best, you know, television show or media property based on a video game. Like I know, I know nothing about League of Legends, so I can't sit here and say it's a really good adaptation. I'm assuming it is, but I'm telling you, that it is the it is the best thing I've seen that is based on like a video game property. You know, it's not a high bar. Don't get me wrong. However, like this thing takes the bar and high jumps it like with one of those giant poles from the Olympics. You know, like goes above and beyond. It's crazy how good this thing is. And you might be wondering, Ryan, you're making this sound like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And I know a lot of outlets have already done that. But like, really, give it a shot. Watch the first three episodes. They are 40 minutes long each. But you'll find yourself really invested in these characters and and often wondering, how is a video game, a MOBA from Riot Games, creating such an interesting Netflix series? And I'm like, I can't wait to watch the next episode. Like, it's really good. (laughs) I was honestly, I was really surprised, you know? Yeah, and uh, honestly, I would be biased against that show because of the League of Legends connection. I have no interest in League of Legends or anything uh, surrounding it, but you are definitely not the only person that has told me or made the hard sell on the show. So it's definitely on my hot list to, to watch. I know a lot of people are uh, are, are talking about it. I, I just, like, I, I'm watching um, just a, a, my full laundry show right now is a. Uh, is uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation Part Two? Uh, they they uh, they did this Masters of the Universe series on Netflix. It's sort of like now now sort of skewed to adults, and I, I'm watching the second part. And and like I think Jess though might be on board for Arcane. Like she's like going to pass on Masters of the Universe, but I think that she would be uh, she would be into that. And um, yeah, when we catch up on the Wheel of Time, we'll be looking for for something else. So good suggestion, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, I think you guys would like it. I think it's uh it tells a story that is uh mature. Like it's not it's not telling a story that like feels oh this is very video gamey. No, it feels very much like a mature story that they are telling with mature characters and it doesn't it doesn't feel so the only silliness you'll feel is the intro song is sung by Imagine Dragons and that might throw you off. It did for me. Um, I like Imagine Dragons, but at the end of the day, it was kind of weird seeing them um, uh, be the the intro song. Don't let that throw you off. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's wild. Like the story is is hard to sort of summarize. But I'll say this: like it, the but but I kind of don't want to know the story or anything about it. All I know is that it's really great, and that's like everything else will be a surprise. And I kind of don't want any context. Like I don't. Okay. All I know 
is that it happens in sort of like some underworld type city or under, but, and I've seen some clips of the animation, but it is funny how many people have said this is good without revealing any single plot point of the story. And so I am, I am kind of curious to be surprised. That's why I'm cutting you off. So no, 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 totally valid. Like I won't, I won't go into it then. I think that, uh, I was going to, I was going to describe like the characters that they're introducing, but you're right. Like, I think, I went in not knowing anything about the story they're telling outside of maybe a couple little things, but I think I appreciated more not knowing anything going in. And I, I would love to talk to someone who's super into League of Legends to understand how they felt because I feel I feel fairly confident that they really enjoyed the portrayal of these characters. But yeah. Ryan, the one question I have is, mm. is there a character at any point that says something along the lines of, Oh, you fucking noob. You should have been jungling. I'm jungling solo. Oh, my God. OMG, you noob. Okay. Is there anybody that says something like that? Uh, no, but uh, they, they call the, um, the Undercity the lanes, which, which oh, is a reference. I don't, I, and right. again, I don't know if it's a reference to the fact that they call the, the lanes in MOBAs lanes or if it's yeah. just that's always what it was called. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome but uh, uh, yeah i highly recommend it definitely don't skip on this one it got uh, a season two order like the day after it finished airing on netflix um it's all available there season one definitely watch it and honestly um don't be afraid to check out some of riot games stuff like they've really expanded outside of league of legends do not play league of legends on pc unless you already are i don't think i can recommend that however um league of legends wild rift on ios which is the mobile version of league of legends it's a lot of fun um uh, uh, legends of runeterra which is their card battler game i know uh you know your friend Bo, mutual friend Bo. he's playing a lot of um he or he was uh on core playing a lot of uh, riot game stuff and legends of runeterra is a lot of fun it it kicks into a campaign and you get to experience more of those characters uh from the game and um you're gonna you're i'm telling you this and and again you're probably now now ryan you're telling me okay fine arcane it's a great series now you're telling me i'm gonna want to go play some league of legends games after this and i'm like yes you will don't go play the moba the pc moba play either of those legends of Ruterra, which is the uh, trade card game and um wild rift which is the mobile uh moba for league of legends you're gonna want to honestly as soon as you finish the series you're like i want more of this of these worlds um so yeah that's good yeah no that's interesting i'll approach it with an open mind it is funny i sort of wonder you know if it's a combination of timing but also like right now um there's a lot of folks out there who have made blizzard their be all end all a, you know, video game company in terms of creative worlds and characters and environments and 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 role playing and RTSs and all of these wonderful three letter things, um, and I, and everyone's disillusioned with them right now for for multiple reasons, uh, mostly related to uh, their their work practices and 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 sexual assault charges and all sorts of stuff, um, but. Uh, I, I just wonder if like, you know, is it, uh, is it these riot things being so awesome or is it 
everybody looking for a new flavor of ice cream at the same time. And you see this with the cues for Final Fantasy XIV. Everybody's trying to play that game too. Or if it's just serendipitous and it's like this great quality Riot stuff that's coming out just as everybody has kind of had their fill of the Blizzard stuff. But it is funny seeing all these folks, and you name drop Bo, but I can think of many others who, who have migrated over to Riot stuff away from Blizzard stuff. But yeah, I think that uh, first off, like Riot has certainly had its uh, fair share of issues when it comes to uh, sexual harassment and and discrimination. Those stories have been in the headlines well before Blizzard. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, I, I know they've they've addressed some of those concerns, but like I think it's a combination. I think Riot Games has done something here where they saw that they needed to become Riot Games and make more than just League of Legends. And they expanded strategically into these other markets. And yes, you can probably say, oh, wow, they made a they made a um, a trade uh, card game. So going after Hearthstone, they've made, uh, now they're making an MMO, they're going after WoW. Like, you can make those connections, but I think where you look, when you look at Blizzard and their games are in holding patterns like wow has not when i hear people talk about wow it's like hype 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 new expansion then everybody hates that expansion as soon as the next expansion comes out and it's like if that expansion was good it should probably still be good when the new stuff comes out like that's been sort of the trend i've i've heard like i think it's just blizzard has really kept doing the same thing that works over and over and that's where Final Fantasy XIV comes in. It's not that Final Fantasy XIV or Riot Games stuff has just gotten better now. It was always good. It's just now folks are just looking elsewhere. You know, they've they've taken that opportunity to set the Blizzard stuff down and go look at other stuff. We only have so much time. I mean, that's part of this podcast is like, where do you spend your time? And I think when it comes right down to it, all people who play video games have a set amount of time to play video games. And if you're playing WoW, you are most certainly not as invested in another MMO uh, or, or live service game. So I think it's a combination where Riot Games and Final Fantasy XIV has always been good. It's just they've continued to be good and innovate and do differently and, and you know, listen to their players while Blizzard has done kind of the opposite. They've They've kept doing the same thing. They haven't been listening to their players um, and just kind of stagnated, you know, like, uh, and it takes them so long to release a game. And and I think that's where Riot Games has really been strategic. And they announced a lot of the products that have come out this year and last year, years ago. I remember when they made the big push of like, we're going to make a car game. We're going to make a, you know, um, a, a mobile version of our, of our League of Legends, you know, and, and that was announced and it was like, it, it took years for that to come to fruition, but they put the work in. Same with Arcane. Like, Blizzard easily could have created an Overwatch, a Warcraft, a Diablo, whatever, what have you, series for Netflix. I'm sure they had people knocking on their door, but they just didn't. And I think that's the difference here is that, you know, going back to Arcane for a little bit, like, when you watch Arcane, you really do feel the amount of work that went into making this series so fantastic. And like, it boggles my mind that like sometimes when you see an adaptation, it's like, we're just, we're just going to make the adaptation. We're just going to put it out there. You're going to get to watch your favorite property on Netflix in a, in a new format. And sometimes that's good enough. But like I put the Witcher in the same sort of basket of like, they took the time to craft 
a proper adaptation and expand up, expand where it needed to be expanded, adapt where it needed to be adapted. And like, you feel that in this, in Arcane. And I know it sounds like, oh man, he's really building this up. But like, no, it's true. You'll feel it when you watch this. It's like, they spent a lot of time taking the story that was applied to a MOBA and turned it into a TV show. It's insane. Like they put the work in. Like I, I, I think yeah, that's where I say it's a combination. I would laugh if I watched it and it was just a pile of crap. Like I, I and Ryan, well, you would be alone, good sir. And, and Ryan, Ryan is like, uh, he's like, it is the best thing. It is like the Godfather except good. Um, and I'd be like, geez, Ryan, you really pumped this up. And then I watch it and I'm like. Ryan, it was just two and a half hours of league footage, you know. Uh, but uh, but you're like, yeah, so good. That arc, it was so so amazing. No, no, I, I, you've sold me. I, I will totally, I will totally give that one a watch, and I will report back uh, on uh, on what what uh, what my take is. But I feel that it probably won't be too far afield from yours, and then maybe we could talk spoilers as well at that time. So yeah, I look forward to it. But let's. Let's move into the dungeon or no, the dungeons. Let's move into the diapers. Uh, before we do, I do want to state um, Extra Life is still going on. We do have one more episode in 2021, so you'll hear about it at least once more. Uh, but if you go to bit.ly slash TGI uh, Extra Life 2021, you'll see the whole team and them raising money. If you want to donate to me, you can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. Just a couple more weeks. We're, we're raising money for the kids. I think our team has raised over $5,000 US, still going strong. And we have one more event planned, which is Friday night, December 17th, uh, starting at 8.30. So if you're not seeing Spider-Man opening night, come watch us, twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. We're going to be playing some holiday games, Dead by Daylight, Sea of Thieves, essentially anything that has a Santa hat. If you can put a Santa hat on, we're going to be playing it. So definitely tune in for that. Um, but yes, the diapers, let's, let's change some diapers. I, you know, let's start with the diapers, you know, um, last episode I said that I was going to start the, uh, and and I say, I, I meant we, Ashley and I were going to do the eliminating the overnight diapers. Um, it felt overdue. It felt like, uh, Kate and Abigail were at an age where we could, we could try it. And, you know, we, we found, uh, one article that suggested, uh, doing, you know, uh, loose t-shirts, obviously we bought some of the, the pads for the bed and, um, no, no underwear, just like a loose, loose shirt. They're wearing, I think Ashley's shirt shirts and, uh, basically changes of everything, extra shirts in the room, easy access sheets, um, uh, mattress covers, etc. And, uh, waking the kids up at nine thirty ten, So essentially before one of us was going to bed, waking up at like midnight and then at three and kind of augmenting the times based on that. So setting alarms, which has been fun because I do not do well with waking up in the middle of the night. I think that was something we talked about last episode of just like when I'm up, I'm up. Like if I'm awake, I, it takes me some time to get back to sleep. But uh, it's been an it's been an interesting experience. Obviously, there's been more laundry uh, that has to be done. Um but like it's going quite well, and I think uh, it it is mostly attributed to the fact that we are waking up to go put them on the toilet so they can go pee, which is part of the process. But you're slowly removing the times at which you're going, and then adjusting from there. I I can say we're probably like halfway through, um, and this is where I'm gonna throw it to you, Crofton. Like wh- the feeling I'm feeling right now is like 
I don't know if I want to wake up at two in the morning for the for the next three years so that my kids don't have to wear diapers to pet it it feels like there's no end in sight and i'm kind of like someone please tell me that eventually they just stop they just they just either get up and go to the bathroom or they hold it like when do i get to that point well it's different from kid to kid but also age wise right like your kids are all different ages and so you know uh uh, you know, you guys have made a choice that that I respect. I truly do respect it. It's just that it it it, it will come with some pain, and at one point you have to determine: is it working, or are you going to pull the shoot? Uh, and um, and uh, yeah, I I I think it like as long as the kids, especially the older, you know the older ones have, have the expectation, uh, that not one or you, neither you nor Ashley are going to crack or, or back down or change the approach or whatever, or like suddenly, Oh, you know, I'm going to give you a diaper tonight because it's just like, I want a full night's sleep. Right. Like, which I would totally understand, but kind of, you, you gotta, you gotta be like a brick wall and, and say like, we're doing this and we'll give it, and for our sanity's purpose, we'll give till, you know, two weeks of say doing this. And then at the end of two weeks, if, if it's, if it's not working, then, or, or, you know, if it's too much for us, then when we step, you know, we step back, but I think kids need consistency. Like you got to be consistent and you've got to be committed to it. And you've got to communicate. And the one, the one I just, you know, like the young, like in this case, Abby, although, I mean, I think she should be ready, you know, anyway. Yeah. It's well, tough. It's tough. We're definitely committed to, to two weeks. That's where we're at. We're, we're heading into sort of the end of that two weeks. And um, where we're at right now is essentially the incentive we offered the, the kids. Cause we, we like to, we, we like to, I, I mean, I know we're doing it for them, but we still like, I, I like to offer incentives with, with this type of stuff. Like, give them that carrot on the stick. And basically what, cause uh, the idea of eliminating diapers, it saves you money. So I said to Ashley, like, well, what if we do this? What if we say, um, and this could backfire and again, could make an interesting conversation on our next episode when this eventually comes to fruition. But I said, how much does a, a case of each of their diapers cost for a month? And, you know, I think it's, I think it worked out to be about 30 to $40 each around there maybe and i said okay i said to the kids if you go two weeks and you do really well it doesn't necessarily mean like no mistakes because mistakes are going to happen like going from zero to 100 is is not going to work like you're going to have accidents as long as you're i said as long as you're trying and you're you're cool with us wake you up in the middle of the night and uh abby is hit and miss I, i i mean she you wake her up sometimes and she's like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go. That's fine. Other times she's just like distraught, like screaming at you, telling you to leave her alone. She's sleeping. She does not do well when she gets woken up. Although when she wakes us up, she expects us to be super stoked about it. Um, so essentially what we said is we said, okay, if we do two weeks and it goes really well, you can take the money that we would be saving on diapers and go, we'll go to the toy store masterminds and, and you can pick up one toy within that budget of 30 to $40. And, um, I don't know, I thought that was a pretty creative way of basically like attaching, you know, diapers to how much they cost and like rewarding the kids for, for hard work. And, and, um, 
yeah. turn your poop into presents. Exactly. And I know, like, you know, some of the skeptics are like, it's so close to Christmas. It's like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it'll be fun. And, and yeah, I, it's incentive for sure. It's incentive. Yeah. I, I think it's, a, I think it's a smart, smart approach. If the kids feel like they're part of a team doing it, you know, they're going to be more on board for this. Yeah. And, and they really have been, I mean, like, um, there's been some setbacks, but I think Caden's been doing quite well. And I mean, Abby's had some setbacks, but like, it's been really tough to like, we've like get the water bottle uh, away from, from Abby. Like she just, she wants to have, they've always had their water bottles, like sort of like perched on the top of their beds and Caden understands it. Like when we take it away, he's like, yep, yeah, I get it. Well, we leave a bottle up on the dresser just if they do have a dry throat or they're coughing, we can give them the water and wake up and give it to them. But Abby will not let us take her water bottles away. I have no idea if she's drinking that water in the middle of the night. Like there's no way to tell outside of the water, you know, being gone. But like, she's had a couple of accidents and lately, and I know when we were potty training her, it, things had got, been going well. And there was like sort of some setbacks which kind of felt this this feels like more of an accident whereas with potty training it was like she just wasn't ready um so we'll see how it goes we'll continue to to work on it and like i have gotten more used to you know ashley will kind of get them at nine before nine nine thirty before she goes to bed i'll set an alarm for two and then that kind of gets them through to the to the next day like that's been working out you know okay so far so I don't want to wake up at two in the morning every day. I know it's not going to last forever. I know there's been con- some concern of like, what do we do when they go to, you know, my parents, they're going to my parents for a couple of days. Cause school is out like a week before Christmas this year. So we're, we're trying to find some creative ways to, um, so, so that the kids have something to do besides watch dad work. Uh, so, um, yeah, we'll I'll report back next week. We'll see how it goes, but uh, so far pretty good. Some tired nights and some some laundry, but uh, other that was to be expected. I think we we knew that going in, and and we were prepared for that. But um, I'm curious, Crofton, you've got lovers in a dangerous space time. I know this is a co op uh, video game uh, that you play. Did you play it on the Switch or is it on? Is this on Xbox? No, we. Uh... Gwen and I played it on the Switch, um, and it's a game that I had actually played years ago on Steam with my friends and sort of like a gamer night, like we were we were looking for a co-op to play a game to play. Um, and this it's an indie title, and in it you pilot a spaceship, uh, and it's a circular ship, and and you see it from the side like cut open. It's like a two D game, right? And, uh, and you play a little dude, like very tiny little guy. Uh, and you can, you can, um, you can man different stations. So it's it, it, akin to those games like Star Trek bridge crew or something like that, where you're, you know, you can operate the shields. There's, uh, gun turrets, uh, on each side. It's a circle. So there's one on the top, one on the bottom, one on the left, one on the right. So four seats. And then there's the engine and the engine, uh, you know, to, to, to pilot the ship, you got to run that as well. So to fly the ship, you cannot, to fly and to, to fight and to protect yourself, you cannot do it solo. It's made for playing cooperatively. Um, and I would say the more, fo- like if you can get four folks, you'd probably be cooking with gas. Um, we, we had Jesse, 
my wife play one game with us and we did much, much better just because we had her man like one station all the time. But generally what you're doing is you're running around inside the ship and you're climbing up ladders. Like it's a very small space. You, you know, if I, if I need to go from one gun turret to another, or if I need to go from the engines to a gun turret, I, I, you know, I run around and uh, inside of the ship. So it's all about communication with your, with your teammate. And it's so fun that way. Like you're, you know, you know, and Gwen, uh, who is really now astute with video games and very quick reflexed. And as, as they noted with her kicking my ass and smash, she's, she's really quick. And so, um, one of the most, the things that we found was the most important right off was the shields and the shields do not cover the entirety of your ship. They cover a little part of it and you have to kind of move it around to block things as, as it comes in, even surfaces, if you're going to crash into an asteroid or a moon or something. And, uh, and so Gwen is pretty much our shield girl all the time. So I'm manning the engines and running to the gun turrets and Gwen is, is, is managing the shields. Um, and it's just so fun. Like we're working, we're, we're, we're going through these increasing challenging levels, trying to rescue these space bunnies, which are the, the things you're trying to save before you can move on to the next level. There's even bosses that you have to fight um, and you've got to work together to do it. And then you can upgrade each of the stations. It's not a complicated upgrade system. There's these little gems and you can put them on them. And it's always a negotiation. There's like three or four types of gems and like Gwen likes turning her shields into a reflect shield that bounce back projectiles. But, but doing that, putting the gem on that does that also makes the shield smaller because it's, it's because it reflects it's so much better. But Gwen feels that she's so good with the shield that it doesn't matter if it's smaller and it allows her to like, you know, nail things back. So if we get the crystal that allows her to have reflect shields, she wants that right away, you know? Uh, and then, then for me, there's certain that like there's a metal gem and if I put that in one of my guns, it turns it into a wrecking ball, which sounds great, but isn't very accurate. So I find it kind of annoying. So I'll be like, oh, I don't want to have to use the steel gem or, you know, so there's all these horse trading going on inside of like who gets what gem and who's manning what station. And then uh, we just works when we work super well together. It's awesome. But when it doesn't work, you're kind of like at each other's throat. You're like, why, why aren't you using, get my shields up, get my shields up, you know? And she's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm like, you're disowned from the family you know it, it escalates but um but uh, yeah it's a great really underrated game i think partly due to the cutesy art style partly due to the name um it, it it's good for all age groups but really like if you have a few friends and a few controllers and you're sitting on a couch or your kids like like gwen's now seven i would say you know six seven year old you can do that game but it it can be as complicated as you want it to be because if she's running to multiple stations it gets very complicated but if i say just sit at the shields and run the shields well then it's pretty simple. She just has to move one joystick and like move the shield around the ship. It's a lot more clear, you know? Uh, so if you're just banning one gun turret, then you just are aiming that one gun turret up and down and shooting. It's pretty simple. Uh, but for me, who's operating like five stations at once, it's very challenging. So fun game. Yeah. I wonder um, if the next logical step once uh, this one uh, you, you get your your fill of it. I wonder if Overcooked is something that you'd you would check out with Gwen and, and the family because I, I think Overcooked has it. There's it can be more complex at times, but it does have like simpler mechanics where you are either prepping food or, or moving food or, or cl you know cleaning dishes. Have you ever played Overcooked, 
uh, or or Overcooked two? In fact, oh, we finished Overcooked one and two with the with the uh, with my friends, and then we were looking for another game, and that's where we found this Lovers in a Dangerous mm. Space Time game. And uh, Gwen and I played Overcooked one. I own that on the Switch, but it was too much for her at the time. We were able to do the soup levels in a couple of couple of ones, but it was just a little too much. But now I feel, as I see her do this one, that maybe we could circle back to Overcooked now because she's clearly much much more um, able. Uh, than she was but i will say lovers in a dangerous space time gets very hard like there's four campaigns for like each one culminating in a boss fight we're on the last one and each one is like a nintendo game where they add like now they add a variable like now there's ice or now there's water or whatever and so like each world gets there's more things and now it's very very challenging and gwen has been asking to play smash brothers instead now so i think we ran and we ran its course, you know, we, which was a good course. And I totally, again, would recommend it to everyone fairly inexpensive and it's been, it's been really great. So, um, so yeah, again, lovers in dangerous space time, great for with your kids, great with your friends, great with your family. I recommend it. And the last thing for me, for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge that it was my wife's birthday on December 3rd. And I took the day off and uh, I booked time at a spa for us. There's a spa outside of town called the Nordic, uh, Nordic. And uh, it's all these hot tubs and cold tubs and saunas and all sorts of stuff. The thermal experience, they call it. And man, did we need it. Like I realized sitting at this computer chair and being all stiff and all like if you have the opportunity to go to a spa uh, and, and like take the time, uh, especially with your lovely wife, Ashley, you Ryan, or for our listeners, uh, their lovely significant others. I totally like it's been brutal lately. Like it's been so much so much for everyone in COVID. And, and I know where we are, the restrictions have gone down so much that we're able to go to the spa. And I was very comfortable the whole time that I was there. Uh, it's a, you know, it, there's some, some that you could get a massage and it would be like just, you know, an inside experience or whatever. This is really a big outside like tubs and all of this. And it was November and it's snowing, but we're in these hot, hot tubs and uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was really, really good. So we had a great time and I just, I, I, I really recommend it. Uh, we're already like thinking about like, oh, when, when could we go back, you know? <laughs> well, it's very nice of you guys to, to head out to the spa. And, and I, I've, uh, I remember before Ashley and I were married, we did a, we did like a massage, like a couple of massage. Um, and I had never done it before. And it's not it, it, like it was, it was certainly very relaxing, and I, I think it's one of those things where um, it, you you have you, you can't knock it until you try it, and then when you do try it, it is one of those things that's like it kind of just makes all the worries go away, at least for you know however much it costs for that hour or however long. I I don't know, I can't really remember. It's been a while, but we had um, we had done like a spa thing on our honeymoon, but I think again it was more of like a like a like a massage. And yeah, we've not really done the spa. I know like the popular one in this area, you know, gets, I know Ashley's been invited a couple times to go with family and whatnot. I don't even know the name of it, but uh, yeah, spas aren't really my thing, but I can totally understand where, you know, you, you kind of have to let go of those, 
of of, the, of that and just kind of like go with it and go as a couple and have a good time like i i think we would we would really enjoy it for sure like to have that break i know i know ashley and i have been you know saying to each other it's like man we we're really looking forward to uh when my parents take take the the kids once they're out of school for a little bit because like even going down to one kid uh will be is is a break you know it's not a complete you know uh spa day break type thing but it's still it is still a, a good break and the kids deserve it too like they've been you know clamoring to go to my parents uh to to go to the farm and, and see the the animals and stuff so like one thing about the spa that i thought was interesting like the the thermal springs and all this make it makes sense as soon as i say it, you're gonna be like yeah obviously but uh is it when you go in like you lock all your variables up and your your valuables up and you're not supposed to, and you don't have your phone anymore. And, uh, you know, if you're there, like if you're trying to make it a spa day and you're there for quite some time, like, you know, think about the amount of time in a day that you would go like maybe three hours without checking your phone or, or anything like that. Like I didn't even have a way to tell the time. At one point we knew we had to leave to pick up, uh, Gwen and uh, I was like, geez, I have no idea what time it is. And we had to track down a staff member to figure it out. <laughs> and because um, I don't wear a watch, right? And, uh, uh, and and it's just like you're disconnected. You're disconnected. And I realize how seldomly that I, I know people could force themselves to be disconnected and be like, I'm not going to check my phone or a computer for three hours, or four hours and be be disconnected or, or go on a hike, but I'm not that guy. I'm always like dicking around and checking stuff. So this was really a good reminder, like to, to be, to check out, you know, and, and, and I did alien. It was like, you know, the addict pattern where like I started and I was like, Oh geez, I wonder what's going on on the, in the outside world. And then, then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't care anymore, you know? So it was, yeah. uh, was uh was nice like that so yeah go to the spa ryan go to the spa take ashley to the spa yeah i should i'll I watch do. arcane and you you go to the spa that sounds like a fair deal um i can go to a spa for a netflix subscription right it's not super expensive at all for to go for a day yeah oh yeah it was super expensive it was like <laughs> it's like eight, 85 bucks each Oh, that's, so, but that's not too bad. Like for, I mean, I, I guess not. I mean, it, it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's it, it is a good chunk of money. That's like one video game each these days. But like, at the end of the day, for like a whole day, you're not gonna go to the spa. Well, you, you literally said you were planning the next spa visit, but still, like, I don't it's know. It's addictive. We didn't do anything extra because this is the thing. There's one pool that I left, for lack of a better term, I'll call the party pool, uh, and it's <laughs> and it's gross. the far. It's the far end, and it's like there was there were you know they have a bar and they were serving drinks and people were kind of chatting in it and and all of that and it, so you can you get this wristband in which you can tap it and pay for things just like at an all inclusive resort where you sort you know you you're tapping or you're you're putting stuff on your bill and there's other things there's like a restaurant in the spa area where you can sit down so there was ways that we could have spent money. And we didn't like we we didn't add on a massage. We just did the thermal experience. So in the end, like we're like the cheap spa goers. But you know, it would like any of those things. It would be possible to be like, oh, tap 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 tap, and then get to the cash and be like, you owe us five hundred dollars. You know, and and uh, and so you got to be, you got to know what you're doing. I am very frugal. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point. I think. Uh... You made a point about like disconnecting and like ignoring your phone. I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'm always 
thinking about looking something up. And it's just one of those things where, I don't know, like you get in this habit and it's a terrible habit. I'm, I'm the worst for it. Um, and I think it, you know, going back to like the start of the show when we were talking about going to the movies, that's why I'm so excited to go to the movies because that seems to be like the, the constant thing for me when, when you're in the theater, I always turn my phone off. I always put my watch into theater mode. Like, and it is like a two to three hour stretch where I am not looking at my phone. And that does feel good. Like I'm still like entertaining myself. I'm still looking at a screen, but like still that to be is, is like my, my preferred no phone time but like even when you're at home like if you're watching a movie at home you still got your phone you still got your watch still dinging like yeah so i'm really glad you guys got to the spa it sounds like you had a good time and yeah i think ashley would appreciate like a spa day but you know what to be honest she'd probably just prefer to go by herself (laughs) i don't know i feel like i would be a bad like spa person like i don't think i'd like going to the spa i I'd, I'd have to keep i definitely would have to keep an open mind for sure but there's one pool that's the quiet pool and that you can't talk Ooh. and uh, and as longtime listeners of this podcast can attest i had problems with that pool yeah you did you didn't have the talking stick is there a talking stick at the quiet no pool? it's it's just you're not supposed to there's all these big signs that say quiet oh. on them and so, uh, so yeah, it was very – so all these people sitting in the quiet pool in silence and there was steam coming up the water. It was it was very nice, but I kept trying to whisper to Jesse and she kept being like, be quiet. It's a quiet pool. Kicked out of the quiet pool. God, it's a quiet pool. Yeah. But, yeah. I can't take you anywhere, especially to a quiet pool, Crofton. What are you doing? Uh, that sounds that's that sounds yeah that's that checks out um let before we close out the show i have one little anecdote to say i mean we do have one more episode before the holidays so maybe we maybe our next episode will be very holiday focused pre-holiday focused but um you know we're in this weird especially here in ontario we're in this weird our area of ontario we're in this weird like transition between fall and winter and it kind of keeps popping back and forth right now we're in winter and i think it's supposed to like go up to nine degrees and rain and all that snow is going to go away. But, uh, we had our first blanket snow day or ice day where all the buses were canceled in town. And, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about the bus before, like my kids take the bus in. And when I was a kid, we always took the bus in. Um, and for the most part, especially in elementary school, I went to a school that did not have any walk-ins. So when the buses were canceled, effectively, most, most kids stayed home because they were all going in by a bus. Um, and Ashley and I had not had this conversation of what we do on a snow day. Like the kids don't have their normal mode of transportation into school. Um, so we're like, okay, what do we, what do we do? Like the roads in town weren't as bad, but they did a blanket, you know, cancellation just due to the ice. Um, they couldn't guarantee the safety of all routes, so they just closed them all down. That's new as well. That was not like that when I was a kid. Like, it was very rare that we got uh, a snow day. But, um, yeah, we weren't really sure what to do. And I and obviously I had to work, and I, I think Ashley had to work too. And I was like, well, our options are I take the day off or we take the kids into school because the schools are always are, are, are always open. Um, and we did that. I was a monster. I did not let my kids stay home. We We took them to school, but, like, in kindergarten, I mean, let's face it, they're probably having more fun at school with their friends than cooped up at home, like, hanging out with the toys they know, the play structure they know out back. Like, I, I don't know. Like, And they did have a great time. Uh, 
like something a monster would say, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and here's the thing, like I know uh I don't know for you, like obviously you've had more experience with this with Gwen being a little older. Like do you do you guys have snow days at, at Gwen's school? Like do you usually cuz you walk to school, right? You don't have a bus. There there is a bus, but and the bus this week it's funny just cuz the whole concept of snow days is so lost to me um because we do live around the corner from the school. So, I mean, it's never a question. We're just we just go to school. It's just some days the the, the bus wouldn't run and that means those kids would not but like because it's an urban school a lot of kids are walkers too so but it means that Gwen will have a, a smaller class so it is it is an interesting I find it an interesting concept um it's not one that I had I had ever considered like the Simpsons have that famous episode of snow day and like when when I was a kid uh I never had a snow day and I would go like I took the school bus pretty far and rain or shine or snow or sleet I was going to school and uh so it is interesting to hear that that's that's a thing and it is in Ottawa too like they will stop running the school buses if the weather is bad and uh it, but yeah, it, uh, it it's just that that doesn't impact me personally. So uh, we're rain or shine, sleet or snow. Gwen is going to school. Yeah, and I mean, the, like I said, the kids had a good time. I just it kind of caught us off guard. It's like, oh, I th- thought we had more time before the first snow day, and obviously all the buses were canceled. And I looked at Ashley, and I'm like, well. I mean, I, I could probably get the afternoon off. Uh, it was short notice. I have stuff going on in the morning. Obviously, if it was an emergency, I could I could move stuff around. But, like, I, I, we kind of looked at each other. And it's like, I, I think, like, because where Ashley works, she kind of drives right by the school. So she could easily, like, you know, hop off the into the side street and drop them off at school and, and, and be on her way to work without going out of, too far out of her way. So isn't, that wasn't a big deal. But like for me, I remember, you know, where I grew up, it was an hour and a half bus ride uh, from the middle of nowhere into town. So when the buses were canceled, like you stayed home uh, because, you know, my parents, you know, they did work in town, but like they were they they weren't able to they weren't taking us to school when when the buses were canceled. Now, I did later find out that I guess um, when I was younger, and I must not remember it, I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I was like grade eight, we thought it would be fun to go to school on a snow day. And uh, it was not because I think the teacher really didn't expect anybody to be there. So he was a grump the whole day. And, and I think he made us clean up. It it was not it was not fun. And we never did. We never did go back. It was it was super boring. Um, but I guess uh, my mom had, had told Ashley, like, yeah, oh, yeah, when the kids were younger, if there was a snow day, I, we drove them in. And uh, so I guess I guess I guess I've inherited that uh, from my parents. We're, we're all monsters. But yeah, we, 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 we send them into school. I, I think it's like at this age, they are having more fun at school than they would at, at say, like grade, like further on in grades where they actually are doing like classes. Right. And it's not just they're in kindergarten right they're playing right they're playing with their friends but like once you get into like the grades where they're sitting at the desk and they're doing their english homework i can understand that would make me a monster sending them to school <laughs> no matter what um but we're not quite there yet so uh but yeah if it makes you feel any better ryan i still think you're a monster that's fine i just need somebody to think i'm a monster that's kind of where i'm at right now um um you know being a monster i think 
that it involves taking away enjoyment from the world. Uh, you just took away enjoyment from your children's world. I think it's now time for you to take away enjoyment from our listeners' world by doing the business and perhaps closing the show. Yes. Yeah, we're going to close the show right here, right now, because we're all monsters. And uh, we're going to go catch the... Whoa, whoa. Not all of us. No. Just you, to be just clear. Me. You're just the host this week. Uh, we're all going to catch the ending to the Game Awards because uh, they're going to announce uh, all the amazing things in the last half hour as they normally do. So we're going to head out Come here. on, Psychonauts 2, big money. Yeah, Game of the Year. I thought it's like, didn't they already announce Psychonauts 2 and it came out this year? I understand what you're doing. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can visit us on the web, tgistudios.com slash dad. You can email the show dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at D&D Cast. That is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have yourselves a great couple of weeks, and we'll see you shortly before Christmas for our last episode of 2021. we got to come up with some catchy name for, like, the Dungeons and Diapers of the year. We'll, we'll workshop it. we got a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about our favorite stuff, I guess. That sounds like a good topic. And Christmas. You're a monster, Ryan. I know. Ha <laughs> ha!